we're going to do the session this morning about Cornish folk tales and how you can turn um, tales that were told by storytellers into written tales um, which can be written into books. So um, we've got a project to collect all the really old stories that were told in Cornwall and our project's called Maze Tales and we've got a website and all sorts of other things, animations, illustrations and a book of really, really old stories because a long time ago in Cornwall and everywhere, before there were tellies, before there were tablets, before there were radios, before there were computer games, before there were books, people told stories. And the Cornish people were some of the best storytellers that there were. There were special Cornish storytellers called droll tellers who'd wander around from village to village telling tales. And in return from hearing these wonderful stories, people would give them a bed for the night and a meal to eat. And the stories travelled around Cornwall. But in most of the places in Cornwall, most of your villages, most of your towns have got their own stories. Now, oh, in 1850, in Padstow, anyone from Padstow here? Good, all right. There was, there was born a young girl, and her name was Nellie Sloggett. This is Nellie Sloggett. And when Nellie was a little bit older than you, she had a terrible spinal illness, and it left her disabled for the whole of the rest of her life. And she lived quite a long life, and so she was bedridden. You can see the puppets of Nellie, and she's Nellie in her nighty. But Nellie, although she couldn't walk, she had a really good imagination, and she could write. And although her family were actually really poor, she grew up to be a published writer. And to begin with, she wrote lots of books for children. This is Victorian children. And she thought nobody would buy a book by somebody called Nellie Sloggett. So she had a pen name, Nellie Cornwall. And people far and wide heard about her. But they heard not only did she write books, but she loved the old tales. And so they travelled from far and wide to tell her the tales. And Nellie listened and she heard them. And she wrote the tales down and she put them in a trunk, which she kept at the foot of her bed. And after a while, she thought she'd like to write the tales down into a book. And she wrote three books of tales one of them called The Pisky Purse, one of them called Legends and Tales of North Cornwall, and there's another one called The House of the Sleeping Winds. And they're our main source of all the tales about the Piskies. Do you know what the Piskies are? Right, the Piskies are Cornwall's own fairy folk. So that's something really important that you all know as Cornish children, that we've got our own kind of fairies, and they're the Piskies, spelt with an SK, not with an X. Pixies live in Devon and everywhere else. We have the Piskies. So Nellie wrote down these old, old tales of the Piskies, okay, in her books. So Nellie and I are going to tell you one of the tales that Nellie heard 
and then rope down. Okay? And it's the story of Scary Worry. Anybody been to Scary? Excellent. Oh, it's good, good Scary people here. Good. So I thought that Scary Worry sounds a bit like Scary. I don't know if it comes from there. But it comes from the moors up near there. So one really stormy night, there was an old woman and she lived in a little cottage high up on the moor, quite near to Egliskerry. And um, she lived all alone. She hadn't got any children. She hadn't got a husband. She hadn't got a cat. And she hadn't got a dog and she hadn't even got any neighbours. She lived alone in her little cottage high up on the moor. And it was a horrible, wet and stormy night. And she could hear the wind and she built herself a big fire. And she sat in the rocking chair. And she was nice and warm and toasty though, the wind howled outside. But she was quite lonely. She hadn't got anybody to love, no children, no family. And as she sat there, she heard a knock at the door. And she went to the door. She opened it. And there, on the mat, stood a tiny, tiny child. And the tiny, tiny child said, Scary Worry needs a mummy. And the woman looked at him. He was really wet. He got the rain running down his hair and off his nose. And she scooped him up and she carried him to her chair by the fire. And she put him on her lap, put her arms round him, and she rocked him. And she rocked him and she rocked him. And gradually he stopped crying and howling like the wind. And he started to snore. And as she rocked him, the little tiny child grew and he grew and he grew and he grew and the warmer and drier he got the bigger he got until that old woman she was really squashed and she thought my chair's gonna break I'm gonna break that tiny child he's really heavy now he's nearly as big as an elephant and she sidled her way out from underneath him, as I'm sure some of your mums have done with you sometime. And she left him in the chair. And that tiny child, tiny longer, he carried on growing and growing and growing. And the poor old woman was wishing she'd never packed him up from the doorstep because she thought soon he's going to fill the whole of my house and he's going to smash the roof off. And she was standing there by the fire wondering what to do when was another knock at the door and the old woman she went to the door she was afraid of what she'd find next and so she opened the door and there was a little fairy woman and she said I've come for my scary worry and she ran in the room and she grabbed the child and as she grabbed him instead of being the enormous elephant child he shrank and he shrank and he shrank until again he was tiny in her arms and she ran out the door and she ran off to the moor and she was never seen again. And the old woman who lived in the house, she was very relieved they'd gone, but she'd always remember the time that she had a child on her lap when she sat by the fire and she never forgot little scary worry. 
So, Scary Worry is a really old Cornish story which was told to Nellie and she wrote it in her book. Okay? So, I hand you to Anna. Okay, so Sue has told you a tale and I'm going to read you um, one of my favourite tales. Um, so, this is one that was um, told to a collector, a bit like Nellie, called Nellie Robert Hunt. And Anna just had a couple of sentences she was told, and she, now she's written it into a lovely big story. So this is the tale of the Seaton Mermaid. Once Seaton was a prosperous port with crowds of people working on the quay. The Grand Harbour Wall was built in an arc, shielding an impressive fleet of boats. And on either side of the river, many houses nestled on the hill. The port was full of traders and activity, and out in the bay a mermaid played. Her hair shimmered gold and then green, and a shoal of pilchards swam all about her. A great silver tail appeared and disappeared with the waves. A crowd gathered on the cliff, excited that the hooer's shout went out, and a whole town watched as the first three boats launched. Sailing a smaller lurcher boat was Paul Pengelly. He was a well-liked young man with sandy hair. The mermaid surfaced right by his boat, and he couldn't help smiling down at her. The mermaid smiled back. She was pretty as pilchards, and Paul was instantly smitten. She gestured for Paul to come and play with her, and she swam easy in the sunlit sea. But Paul had a job to do, and he signalled for the sand to form, and a curved line of net flanked the shoal. The sound of pilchards thwacking their tails was all around them, and that was all Paul could hear to begin with. But then, building from beneath the familiar beat came another sound, the sound of a mermaid screaming with rage. Too late, Paul tried to free the mermaid from his nets, he knew he should have warned her and waited until she had finished playing her game, and at last he disentangled her and freed her into the waves. But as she looked back, the mermaid had no smile for Paul Pangeli. I curse you and all of Seton, she shouted, her whole body seething with fury. And Paul knew there was worse to come and soon. He tried to turn the boat back to the safety of the harbour, but again he was too late, and Paul watched helplessly as the mermaid conjured a sandstorm. The sand fell in huge swathes, covering the harbour buildings and burying the port of Seton forever. <coughs> so that's a, a written tale, um, written from the story Bones, which are the essentials for the Cornish folk tales. And um, the story bones are a bit like story maps, which I'm sure you've used at school before. And they belong to the storyteller. And the storyteller can use the bones to tell the, the tale in their own way. And everyone can use them. They belong to everyone. And then the writer, so you can, you're all writers, can write the tale and then when the writer's written their own version, like I just read The Seat and Mermaid, and that belongs to the writer. So we've got, um, it's Anna's book, but I've also got a book 
by Michael Moore Pergo, that's what you've all heard of, and he took some of the Cornish stories and he's written his own versions, so then they're now his stories. But the stories they came from belong to all of us, yeah? So what we want you to do today is we're going to give you some story bones, which are the essentials, essential bits of the story. So here are the bones of Scary Worry. And the bones are just like the bits that you remember in your mind when you're going to tell a story, and then you make it up around them. So every time I tell a story, I'll tell the same <coughs> things that happen in it, but I'll use different words every time. Whereas if you read a story, it's always the same words every time. Yeah. So I've got some story bones here for Scary Wherry. There was a lonely old woman who lived on the moor. There was a knock on the door. It was a tiny child. The child says, Scary Wherry needs a mummy. The woman picked up the child and took him in and rocked him. And the child grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the pisky mum comes to collect her child. So that's the bones of the story. So if you had bones of a story, Anna, how would you turn it into a written story? Um, so I'd have a character who I might think of a name for, or I might just call them the mermaid or the farmer or the pisky. <coughs> And then, and then, would you look at the place? <coughs> yes, yeah, so I, I'd write about the place where it's set, so on the moors or by the sea, and then I'd take them on a, on a journey, on their journey through the story bones. So what we've got here is a box, like Nellie's trunk, and the box is full of bags of story bones. And what we want you to do is to get into groups of two, and then each group of you is going to have a bag of story bones. And then we've got pictures of the places the stories are set. And to begin with, when you've got your bags of story bones and you're all settled down, one of you is going to be the storyteller. And I'm going to bing my magic ringing singing um, bowl. And you'll have two minutes to, you don't really need, you probably won't be able to tell the story from the bones, so you can read the bones out to the other person in your group, in your pair, and then after that, the two of you can work together <laughs> to write a story. And remember, you've just got the bones, so you can imagine it and take it wherever you want to go, really, but just following this little path of, of how it's beginning. So, you know, if it was... Scary Worry, um, you can put her any, any kind of the moor that you wanted. You could maybe even take it somewhere else, but it would be quite good if she was on the moor, but whatever place on the moor you want, in her house, she could live in a cave, she could live in, you know, in a castle, whatever you want to, to, to live in, yeah? Or she could be an old man, and she could have a name, and you could describe her, yeah? And then, then the little tiny fairy creature. And here, here it's a pisky, but, you know, again, up to you, whatever it is, pisky child that she welcomes in. 
So I think we haven't got much time, so I think, um, I'm not sure, teachers, could you help us think how we're going to work this out, the pairs and come and get a phone. Maybe you can get yourself in the pairs.